0: Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show as ever we have Paul Whiteside. Hello Paul, how's, uh, well you come out of lockdown now, how do you feel?
1: Yeah I'm, I'm doing alright Rob, thank you, I'm not doing too bad at all. Busy at work as usual but yeah looking forward to the rugby league starting again, your know, fixtures coming out today and things like that so uh, Super League should be back soon and uh, it would be nice to to get some uh, rugby league on this uh, side of the world, you know, I've enjoyed the Aussie rugby I've been watching, but I'd like to get some Salford games under our belts again.
0: I've had to, I'm going to be start working from home now. Uh, sure, that's going to be a, an experience.
1: Yeah, well, my missus has been doing it for uh, about four months, working from home, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a bit of an eye opener when you've got kids running around all day as well.
0: Any advice?
1: Yeah, put some headphones on, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll get a nice quiet, you know, corner of the house where I can I can do stuff. But don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a I never done I never done work from home before, so it's just it's gonna be an experience, really.
1: Um, well, good luck trying to find a but, quiet corner. You know, it in is what
0: house. It is, I, I, I know <laughs> I know people who have who are working from home. They're always saying, "Oh, you know, doing working twelve hour shifts, it's hard work." I'm thinking you're working from home. I don't think you know you put the telly on you put the radio on you're in your own comforts but that's someone who's never worked from home before so I'll let you know in about three months
1: get yourself plenty of tea bags
0: <laughs> yeah there is that there is that and and uh, yeah it's it's going to be interesting as if there is a shortage if there is if we don't have a second spike and everyone runs out and buys some
1: I'll tell you what I'd swap here I'd, like, I'd rather work from home than be out and about all the time just doing my head in. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you you, you, you tell, tell our listeners where you were today.
1: Today, I was in uh, sunny Salford. Today, I've been moved over there for the week. So, my normal area of North Manchester, I've, I've been over in Salford. So, uh, yeah, I was on uh, Gore Avenue. I'd be dinner there and sort of looked at where the North Stand used to be and got a bit nostalgic. And yeah, it's uh, strange, really. It's strange being around there because you, you drive down Weeks Lane and you still think you've gotta see the ground then you drive down and you don't, and it's uh, it's sad it's sad, uh, but you know it was nice to drive around there and remember some of the good times and where we used to park the car and where we used to walk and things like that, so I'm back down there again tomorrow, so uh, yeah it's been it's been good it's been good,
0: yeah, it kinda of, it breaks you a bit when you obviously when you go past the willows and it's not there and it's just houses and but I suppose that you know the club and you know I did the best in the getting like the mosaic. Uh, there, which is which is a good thing, you know. People, you know, I I you know been down, you know, just to look, you know look down at the the moment, the statue, and just like you know and remember because it's you know it's it's part of our history isn't it? and uh, you know it, even though it's not there physically, it's always in our hearts, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, it's like when I drove down today. You you have to move on, don't you? And that's gone now, but you can still sort of shut your eyes and and you can still you can still picture where everything was and. You can still imagine it like that, so that that's how I like to remember it, and uh, you know all the supporters. I'm sure it'll be the same. So, so yeah, it's always going to be in your eyes, and like you say, it's good that the mosaics there because it's it's marked. It's the history's marked there, you know, for people to see in in, in sort of years to come. But it, it was strange. I had a bit of a vision. I was coming down and driving past the, the primary school there. Is it Saint Saint Luke's, I think it is on the. On Wasteland, and there was some kids like out playing in the in the yard there, and I thought to myself, I wonder if them them kids, probably about I don't know, seven or eight or something, I wonder if those kids have heard of Salford rugby you know, with it being right there, and uh, you know, I hope they have. I really hope that the people and the young kids of Salford, even though they're not in that area anymore, they know about the the new club and, and the good things that we're doing. So uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, we've got a bit nostalgic today, mate, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, it's probably not the greatest time to have a vision driving a car down Weiss Lane like, but I, I do I do see where, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you say, it's, it's part of our history. I think, I think the club, you know, have, have, have tried to embrace the history of our club, haven't they, you know, recently. And it's great because obviously, you know, fa- fans of all ages have different memories, don't they, of, of all different, you know, times in the, in the, they've watched the club and, you know, it, even though it's important, sort of the modern day is is really important it's always very important that you know we look back and and sort of celebrate our, our rich history
1: yeah definitely I think so and I think the heritage numbers certainly are marking that and it's a shame really you know with the, with the pandemic and the, the season being you know put on hold and, and what have you because I think that really would have took off this season you know there was plans in place for players to come receive certificates at games and things like that so I'm sure that'll all get back back on track in the near future but you know that, that was a good thing and a lot of other clubs have done that as well and and Yeah, the, you, you've got to celebrate the history of your club, you you really do because there's so many clubs out there that have got you know rich histories as well, I, I speak to loads of Swinton supporters all the time and I'm members on quite a lot of their Facebook pages as well and I love the history of the sport. I love the history of rugby not just Salford, but a lot of other clubs as well. I love reading about them and, you know, all photographs and, you know, you've already got to go on the little AMRAX page on, on Facebook that I'm always on and the pictures we put on there, that everybody shares and what have you. I love all that. It's a massive part of the, of your life watching Salford, the history and the nostalgia of it. So, uh, so yeah, and it's something that's really got me through this, this sort of lockdown as well, you know, spending a bit more time at home. I've watched plenty of old games and, and things like that, I read my old books and programs and things. So it's it's kept me going in the last four, three or four months or so.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people have different sort of coping mechanisms, don't they? With with lockdown and that, uh, it's been different for me because obviously been off work, sort of sick. It's been a bit. It's not the you know, not been the pressure. You know, like a you would have been if it had been working because I've like I, I'm a key worker in theory. Not like I'm not one of them you clap at the front door like, but. It would be, um, you know, it would have been a bit different if I had been working. I think I would have been a bit more stressful. Um, but it's the way it is. You know, the, the, what what you you've got to deal with the punches on you, you with what life gives you. And I think feel better. You know, obviously figured out what what was wrong, and at least I know now what what I need to do and the the right direction I'm going, which is which is good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the main thing, mate. As long as you you going in the right direction and uh, you know that's all you can do, can't you? Like you said, you can only um, deal with what life throws at you, and it can throw an awful lot of things at you sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, we're having problems at my work at the moment with with stuff, and it all mounts up, doesn't it? Especially with what's been going on with, with with the coronavirus and that, and we're we'll probably trying not to talk about that as much tonight, but it's been difficult for everybody, hasn't it? And it's it's just been really strange and. I don't know I would have coped working from home I've in a way I suppose I've been lucky because my life's sort of been quite normal really I've kept in the normal routine I normally have of going to work and coming home at tea time and this that and the other so it's not been as bad for me in that sort of way, but in another way, it's been pretty stressful. So it is what it is. You've just got to get on with it the best you can. You look after your family, look after your friends and, and and just, you know, keep talking to people as well because people get lonely and that as well. Some people, don't they? So I've just tried to keep in touch with people and do, do my best sort of thing. And I know you've done the same, mate. And it's, uh, hopefully, we're going to come out the other side of it soon. I've not seen you for ages either. So it'll be nice to nice to be up here again and see you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been weird. Obviously like say spending more time with your family, it's been yeah. That's that's the thing I've got out of the last, you know, sort of six months that it's been like seeing sort of, sort of, sort of seeing your son kinda of grow up in the last six months, which I, I will probably would not have done because 'cause I've been in I would have been in and out of the house like, you know, doing various stuff and going to work and stuff and when that all stops, it just you just get chances don't you just take a deep breath and just think you know what it's, it's life isn't supposed to be one massive rush you're just supposed to enjoy it and you know he, he make, it makes you think sometimes you know what I
1: mean yeah it certainly does and your lad um, double figures now, didn't
0: he? he was 10 <laughs> yeah. last week yeah 10, ten years old I was, uh, it blows my mind really because I remember like you say when he was born and it was touch and go and you know it's it's been a you know and he's he's just really nice he's, just, he's be beautiful in every way really here's me getting soppy but uh, but, yeah, he is 10 years mad, really.
1: Anyway, nice
0: yeah, it does, time does fly. Time does fly. Um, anyway, enough about my life and your life. Let's talk uh, Soul for Red Devils and, uh, and Rugby League. Um, we'll do that from now on. In the news. So, Paul, um, there has been news in the last few weeks. You haven't been... Uh, Haven't been on. Um, They did. The club had. uh, done did a couple of uh, Red Devil TV um, live Q and A's on the platform. It was, uh, you know, I I thought they were very good. Uh, I know a lot of people had uh, issues, you know, with with the technology. um, And you know, we've we've been there. I remember we've been going seven years now, and I remember the first sort of two and three years. Our sound was was not the greatest, and we struggled, didn't we, for all that time. Um, but you know, we 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 got there in the end, and and we we now kind of deliver a decent sounding quality podcast. So a lot of people were a bit upset, but if if you're listening to this and and you and you're thinking, you know, oh, I'm not trying that again, you need to kind of stick. You need to stick with the the Red Devils TV, and you know, Emma and and you know, and Joe are all working hard behind the scenes to to you know to to keep producing great you know quality. Uh, products and you know I think it's really good I quite enjoyed it I got a lot out of it uh, and hopefully they'll they'll continue to do that do that um, again and again
1: yeah I think you're I think you're right there Rob I think perhaps it's a society thing sometimes I think people are um, can be a bit impatient with things now you know this highway of technology and that and yeah everything has teething problems doesn't it and I know we have things at work like these webinar things and uh, video calls and all that, and, and sometimes they don't work, and you know that's that's not the person's fault who's doing it. You know it can be like the program or the technology or whatever. So yeah, just you just got to be patient with them. You but the content I've heard from from what Emma's done with um, the, the Q and A's with uh, Bleasy Watto and Paul King, I thought it was really interesting and like you said, it was really informative and, it, and it's good to to, to listen to Watto and, and see him and see Bleasy and, and these people we've not seen for a while. It's at the club, and we've not really heard anything, so it's been good to see them get their opinions on what's going on. And uh, you know, Eva's done a good job as well; she's very good at hosting it. So I really enjoyed it, and I hope they they carry on doing that.
0: Yeah, I think it was like the natural the kind of banter, which was which was good. Obviously, you know, it is difficult when you're all on the screen and it, it, you're not all together. But it, it, I think it's we we find that sometimes I suppose doing this it's because it, you're not always in the same room. It's kind of you're difficult to to read. You know people's body languages, but you're all going on. You know what? How they sound, and uh, some sometimes sort of jokes don't really come off because they're not really uh, there with you.
1: Yeah, my jokes always come off. You always rock <laughs> at my jokes.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> There's another one.
1: <laughs> so, no, I, I do know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, but I think it's been good. I think I think they've been, they've been really enjoyable. and, Just on a whole, I think the Red Devils TV has been great. I think, you know, you've only got to speak to people on social media and people you chat to, and they've been loving the old old matches that have been there on there. The content's been really good, I think, and it's been very, very enjoyable. So... he's still in early stage as well so that's going to get better year on year and you know you think this time next year and the year after how good it's going to be that you know once you've got this pandemic out of the way and perhaps we can get a bit more interaction with players and interviews and things like that it's something that's going to grow and get better I think Red Devils TV yeah yeah and obviously
0: they were kind of you know We were crying out that for years and years, weren't we? And it just never got off the ground. And, you know, they got it off the ground now. And, you know, I I think it's amazing. You know, they're doing really well. And hopefully there'll be lots more to to, to go at. Um, Listening, well, watching back and listening to it, a few little things I got out of it. Um, No, we know now about the the games being played behind closed doors. The AGL Bell wasn't picked as as one of the venues. I suppose it's not really much of a massive sort of problem for us because we won't be get don't really get any revenue from it anyway uh, but it would have been uh, sort of useful for the you know the stadium company to have you know a bit of juice coming in their tank
1: yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate that. But I, I, have, have they said how many of these games are going to be played behind closed doors, or or do we not know how many rounds it's going to be? Because I think you know it's going to start in August, and you've got September, October, and a couple of games in November. So are we thinking maybe by October, November, we'll be back at the AJ Bell by then?
0: I Think the thing. What it is is there is they did kind of mention that when they do actually get back to um, you know playing at the stadium. Uh, it'll be basically reduced. The capacity will be reduced uh, to three and thousand. Um, Two and a half thousand for season tickets and sponsors, which leaves kind of a thousand tickets to pay on the gate. Um, so they are, I suppose, are planning for that to come in eventually. Yeah. Um, but with this, with the way the world is, I think they're playing. I think it's the first three weeks are on Sky, and then after that. I suppose Sky will make a decision, won't they, nearer the time about what they're going to do? Because it could be like Premier League football; they might have to show every game uh, yeah. live. But But um, we're talking what maybe four weeks down the line from now, aren't we? You know what I mean? And we don't know what the R rate's going to be, what the you know where where we're going to be then. So I suppose Sky will wait, won't they, until they till they you know get to the point where they have to make a decision. And they might say, "Well, okay, well, we're all well, you can all, you, you know, the st- peoples in stadium can go in, but can only reduce a capacity, which means you know that's at least the club have decided that you know this is the plan. We can, we can fit this many people in, um, and it gives us fans knowledge about what might be coming."
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting time, Robert. Suppose it's. It's one of them. I think you've just got to take each week as it comes, and you know, take. I was going to say take the government advice, but I mean, yeah, take the government advice, but um, just be careful as well, because I don't think you can always go off what the government say. It's a bit mixed messages sometimes, but just be safe, be safe, and be careful in it. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Got to listen to the you listen to the scientists. You don't listen to the government, Paul.
1: No, no, you don't <laughs> listen to the Tories anyway, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Without <We're all> getting <laughs> political. Well. The um,
0: so basically, they the, the the mentioned uh, that the basically class as essential workers now, um, and the training training starts on the fifteenth um, of, uh, of July. Sorry, the twentieth of July. Sorry. So that gives the, the sort of the players a few weeks to get fit, uh, match fit, uh, ready for the big seat, the big uh, the big get go, uh, which is going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, it certainly isn't, and, and yeah, the players are going to need that time, I think, as well, aren't they? Because um... I think you can you can only do so so much training on by yourself can't you and on your own at home and, and things like that. that's something I found out recently the new gym that I've joined the outdoor gym that I'm going to at the moment it's totally different but um, it's um yeah they're going to need that time definitely to you know to prepare and, and and go straight back into full contact rugby it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough you know you're backing up and playing midweek games as well um it's gonna be an interesting season and with the rule changes and bits and pieces with the scrums and, and whatever it's gonna be I think it's gonna be exciting and it might be a bit unpredictable on the way as well.
0: And that's what it is, I suppose that you've got to kind of embrace you know what what's happening. Um and you know, I'm I'm sure you know the the club and, and the players have, have have got a you know a plan set up um, you know, to to deal with uh, with either every every you know circumstance, and I I think it's kind of like it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that situation, um, because obviously, how how deep does this um sort of quarantining go? You know, I like for players have to be you know made sure they don't. They don't catch corona and they get tested every sort of couple of weeks and you know they all they're all everything's cleaned and you know they're all in like a bubble aren't they of, of, of cleanness so they don't you don't catch it um but does that does do the kind of players get told right well what you're going to do you're going to have to go home come to training go home come to training go home come to training go home play the match go home back to training again or is it well, when you're out, when you're not in work, you can go where you want. Because really, it's a bit all this kind of like um, you know, getting, making sure you are living in a bubble and, and keeping everything clean is a bit a wasted time if you go to the, the dog and duck on a on a on a Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know whether whether they they, they go that they've gone that deep into it. Um, but some I suppose we'd have to we'd have to find out. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I don't know Rob, that's a good question That really, uh, it's one of those I, I don't think you can you can live your life in the bubble. Um we've said this before on the podcast haven't we about players aren't just sabutio players that you put away in a box, they've got families, they've got kids they've got lives and I don't think that's any good for anybody's sort of mental state is it just to, to live and breathe Rub, Billy, you've got a bit more to your life as well haven't you so I, I don't know how that's going to work and let's hope it's not forever, let's hope things start getting better soon and you know we can start getting back to the way things used to be. I don't know what the time limit is. I'm not an expert. I don't I don't really know, but let's hope there's going to be a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but I think, yeah, you just got to leave that to the experts and see what they think.
0: Yeah, because obviously, you know, the, these things cost money. Um, you know, the, Paul King said he was, you know, very happy that, you know, there's lots of fans out there who, who aren't, won't be looking for sort of a refund from the season tickets because they're missing out on matches I think it's important that us fans you know back the club in this situation and don't try and, and sort of try and get our money back because you know end of the day if we are running and withdrawing our money the club goes under so I think it's really important that we you know hold our ground and, and just you know support the club the best we can with, with obviously letting them keep in the money and then also helping them with the virtual uh, you know virtual match day um, shop um, and also the lottery and other other ways to, to make money like the R the RDTV and you know any every penny matters done it uh, for the club in this uh, in this situation.
1: Yeah, of course it does. I, I never for one minute would think about cancelling my season ticket. get don't think that's ever ever entered my head. Really, you just buy a season ticket every year, and, and that's it isn't it. So uh, no, I don't. I don't know where why anybody would think that to be honest with you but but yeah it's important the, the, the club does need you know, I think all the clubs do don't they um, every sporting club whether it's football rugby league you name it especially in our sport where we're not awash with uh, with loads of money um, we've all just got to keep pulling together and doing our bit for the, for the club and I know there's been a lot of talk recently about the players and, and the salaries and things like that and I think you know without Without sounding out of order, I think the players have got a bit of responsibility now with this with this pay cut, you know, there's been an awful lot of supporters have been furloughed and people are struggling and, you know, we're, we're struggling to make ends meet and perhaps the players now have got to take that responsibility of, of dropping in pay and um, and cracking on with it now because uh, it's a difficult situation, everybody's got to muck in and, and I didn't really I saw quite a few things in the paper where certain players had not agreed with it and said they weren't going to play and, you know there's a supporter looking in it may be a bit angry, really, because I thought, you know, some people have lost their jobs and lost their businesses through this, haven't they? And you know, you're playing rugby league, which is something that you enjoy, and get uh, you're whinging on about dropping your salary. So I'm pretty sure most of the clubs now have come to an agreement, haven't they, uh, with the with the bosses, and the, and, the, and they're they're going to agree to, you know, pay cuts and things like that. I know it's not ideal, but it's just something you you've you've got to do. So it, it does it does work both ways, that Rob.
0: I suppose you're right. You're right, Paul. That there is that, but I suppose there's a range, you know, in the squad in the squads. There'll be a range of wages, won't there, from you know people on I don't know hundred grand a year or whatever to people who are on I don't know twenty five. So I suppose if you're taking like a ten percent pay cut, hundred grand, it's not as you know. I suppose it depends on how you manage your finances. I suppose, but if you're on twenty five and, and they take sort of twenty percent, uh, ten, fifteen percent, then it's a bit of a bit more of a, a struggle.
1: Yeah, I think I think you've just got to be realistic about things and be sensible and look at the bigger picture sometimes, I not mean, you? What's been happening in, in the world and yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a good job being a rugby league player, isn't it? But like you say, not all the players are on fabulous wages are they? But no, you just got to be sensible and I think you know it's not going to be forever. I don't think this is it. It's just a tough time at the moment and. Like you said, people have just got to pull together and, and, and do what's right. So, uh, so yeah, but like you say about CDs, I think that's great that the people aren't going to sort of want their money back and and, and are carrying on, especially you know buying a virtual pie and the virtual watching the games on Red Devils T V on, on a on a Sunday and Saturdays and whenever they've been. So uh, that's that's a good thing that and that's the kind of spirit we want at our club.
0: Yeah, they talked about the uh, sort of no under 19s and, and and the reserves uh, being cancelled. Um, but Ian Blees talked about um, our um, development educational um, academy continuing, and, and then he was happy the way uh, it's kind of set up. And they were talked about other oh, clubs, uh, you know, wanting to do the same. And I think that's it's a good thing for us, obviously, giving players that pathway, um, you know, from education into playing, because obviously. Not every player in in that age bracket makes it, so to be able to sort of combine uh, the ability to play rugby league and also get an education, um, you get a best of both worlds, don't you? In that in that way, and, and that I suppose will help, you know, was attract, um, you know, possibly you know younger players and say, look, you know, we can give you an education uh, as well as as learning to you know play being the best player you can be, and you know, it's it's under I can understand why you know why clubs probably want. Uh, you know, under nineteens and 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 a, and a reserve grade, because uh, it's all about you know um, you know keeping the uh, the 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 momentum going through through the different stages. Um, but but I'm I'm sort of like really happy that the they've con- they want to continue to do that and um, and and hopefully this development academy uh, will will grow and grow.
1: Yeah, certainly. In an ideal world, I'd be you'd have a development academy, under nineteens and under twenty ones, a reserve team. You'd have the whole lot, wouldn't you? But it's going to be difficult and it was a shame that the, the, the reserve grade you know the, the plug got pulled on it this season but I don't think there was any any, any other way really was there with, with all what's gone on uh, but like you said there the the foundation and and that sort of thing it, it works wonders doesn't it you know the education academy there's some there's some good players coming through there as well so uh, you know these guys are finding that pathway now I know it's a big jump up and I, I'd love to see you know an under-19s under-20s you know um, academy like what we used to have that'd be great to get that back in the next few years and then perhaps a, even a reserve team as well but we've just got to cut our cloth at the moment haven't we and you know keeping those youngsters there and in, in that situation like you said combining the rugby league with their education as well i think that's a big seller it's a big seller for young people and especially not only the young people but the young people's parents as well because if you've got a young lad there who going into that sort of situation it's they've got something to fall back on. Like you said, if they don't make it in rugby league, you've got your education and, and, and to, to fall back on and maybe a career or an apprenticeship or, or whatever you decide to do.
0: Kind of sets you up for life, really. Because obviously, you know, if you learn, end up learning a trade, then obviously if you don't, then you can go into that trade, can't you? And then, and then you, obviously looking back, you think, well, the, the club sort of helped me get to where I was now. And you get that kind of like, you know that bond, then you know moving forward. So then, obviously, if you didn't make it, then when you have kids, then they'll they may be able to to play rugby, and you know they'll get involved, and you know then our community uh, sort of bubble gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? In 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 that way, and you know I think it's really good. I think it's it's something the club have have, de- have developed, and you know I'm sure, I'm hoping it'll uh, you know continue to produce top talent.
1: Yeah, like you said, you get that trust there, then don't you? You know you've got like a loyalty and. Um... And the trust between you and the club, like I said, even if you don't make it, you know that that club's done a bit for you, and you'll you'll feel something towards them, and then you'll pass that on to your children, and yeah, it does. It keeps us all together. So I think it's been a good thing. I think it really has been a good thing, and it's a, a real positive that's come out of the last few years for me.
0: Yeah, they talk also talk about um, they talk about the Challenge Cup that's going to be played, but they haven't kind of like uh, sort of organised when. Um, he also talks about uh, contract negotiations, he mentioned uh, Joey Lussick, um that they offered a contract which was re- rejected. Um, and obviously, you know, I suppose both parties are still sort of discussing that. And I suppose rugby league players, like, like we discussed, Paul, you know, their, their careers are only short. Uh, and I suppose... You know, Lusik and his agent are only looking for the best deal for him, uh, which which is fine. Uh, I've always said that this club is an opportunity club, um, and if he gets offered uh, a bigger contract somewhere else that we can't match, then it's then it's up to him if he wants to go. Uh, then you know we wish him well. He's been a great servant uh, for us. Played really well, even though I do struggle with his name. Um, so yeah, if he does go, it might be a it might be a good thing for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's not really been there. It's over that long, has he? So. It's one of those, and you can't force players to stay. And you? you can only offer them, you know, you're the best offer you can put down. And if that player and his agent or whatever he doesn't want to stay, that's up to them. and you know, like you said before, it's a short career. I, I like to I think Joey would have would have agreed to that, maybe he still will, I'm not too sure, I thought he was enjoying it at Salford, he's, he's done well, we've been to a grand final with him, we've, we've got a bit of ambition there as well, so we'll have to see what develops there, we've, we've brought another young hooker in as well in Andy Akers, so we've got a bit of um, bit of cover in that position at the moment, but to lose Joey it'd be, it'd be a blow because he's, he's a good player, so we'll have to watch this space and see what happens on that one, but it's uh, be interesting
0: blow for me Paul what is it months of speech better if you're trying to get his name right and then he buggers off
1: can you say Andy Akers <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm working on that one and it's still you know it's, to be to be fair I've, I've got most of the names sort of down now which is good um, but you know well, there's always there might be one or two that are coming in that might be a bit of a mouthful
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, other, other news um talk, they talked about uh possibly new kit designs for next year and looking at sort of like we said before about the heritage and you know building on the on the success of that. Um talked about the Cent Centuri century, century, century kit, uh, which is red, amber and black. You know, there may be some in that. Um you like your you like your history and, and your things like that. Was it the was it the eighties, nineteen eighty was it Paul?
1: Oh, the centenary shirt, nineteen seventy-nine centenary. Yeah, we played witness in the centenary game, didn't we? we drew sixteen points apiece. I think there was about twelve thousand at the Willows that day for that. I wasn't there, but I know a man who was. But no, that's a really nice shirt. That it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like the old Dewsbury colours isn't it, of like amber, black, and and red. It's it's a lovely shirt. It is a nice shirt. I think the club actually brought one out a, a number of years ago. Um, I think when we was back at the Willows, I think there was one or two I, I've seen people wearing them before. But no, it is a nice kit, and it'd be nice to see that again. Um, I do like mystery history uh, and nostalgia, and I always say that. I think I think it'd be great in in rugby league. I know like they have like different rounds sometimes, like the mental health round and things like that. I think it'd be great to have a round in Super League and like um, what's the word? Like a heritage round where everybody plays in like a heritage kit. I think it'd be great you know where you're playing like your old traditional club colours just, just once a year I think that'd be really good if they did that but you never know they might do one day
0: <laughs> something, something to throw out someone might pick it up and run with it you never know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah so they, basically they, they talked about that um, also talked about um, well in the first one the first Red Devils um, Q&A talked about sponsorship that were outstanding from, from sponsors and how they were kind of like trying to start chasing them because I, I say it's important that you know even us as, as fans you know help um, you know the businesses who are to need to need to cough up as well because you know because that's what the club need they need the juice in the tank don't they?
1: They certainly do they certainly do and it's like now you're going to need it aren't you with the Without revenue from from matches, and I know we don't get a lot of revenue at the AJ Bell anyway, but you're missing a bit, won't you, with uh, with gate receipts and things like that? So it's it's a difficult difficult time, isn't it? So yeah, you need your sponsors on board now, don't you? Every sort of. People can do is going to be a good help, especially with that squad builder as well. I know people tend to mention that quite a lot, don't they? The, the squad builder is important I mean, when you're looking at building your squad for next season and, and, and bringing players in and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, we have got a new sign who's, 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 who's coming in as well, haven't we? So, uh, I'm sure squad builders' money and things like that has helped that one get over the line as well.
0: Yeah, they also talked about uh, the rule changes. all said that the new rules about the six again. Uh, will suit our style of play, uh, because I think it was if if the playing speed was above average, um, we were we were that suit us a lot. That's what he that's what he kind of said. I'm not quite sure what he meant by that because I suppose we've got big units, haven't we? You know, in in our in our team like Parley Parley and um, Sebastian A4, and you know, then players. I think well, if you're on the f- you're on the field for longer, doing more. Kind of sets, uh, they're gonna sort of burn themselves out, aren't they? So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how how Watto kind of rotates the bigger bigger aspects of our pack to deal with the uh, you know the the new the new way.
1: Yeah, I suppose every side's the same though, Rob. Most most sides play the same way now. Most teams have got the big men, haven't they? So uh, everyone's going to be in the same boat on that. But just going back to Watto, you know for a fact the Watto. Won't have been sat at home playing Scrabble for the last four months. He's been studying everything, and he'll he studied all this and everything that in training he'll be doing it in the next couple of weeks. He'll know everything down to a T. How this Six Again rule is going to work? How the no scrums is going to work? He'll have it all planned out. Don't worry about that.
0: That's what makes him good. That's what makes him a great coach, I suppose, because he's he's always his attention to detail, uh, in 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 you know aspects aspects of each player, and you know that alone that only helps sort of the players. Sort of believing in that that bit more and, and become a better team because of it.
1: Definitely, definitely. And, and like I said, he, he'll have spent the last four months. He'll be a better coach, Rob. What when we come back now than he was uh, after that weekend game we played them because you know for a fact he'll be been working on stuff. He'll be reading up on stuff. He, he's one of those coaches that he's always learning all the time and and picking things up and you know his knowledge and his attention to detail he's second to none I can't think of anyone in the league who who has that sort of knowledge that he's got so uh, you've only got to listen to the players I mean Morgan Esqueray was singing his praise and we're probably going to talk about Morgan afterwards and you know what people have been saying the players who are signing for him, Andy Zandiakas as well they've signed because of, because of Wattenham his, and his reputation so you know you can't buy that that, that's, that that really holds us in good stead going forward into 2021 because there'll be players we're after and we're looking at you know you know could we be looking at big signings and things like that and, and they'll want to come to Salford to play for Ian Watson
0: And he also has a, a good relationship with Ian Bleas and uh, you know Paul King and you know I suppose you know as a as a unit you know them them three are, are sort of uh, doing a fantastic job you know leading this leading the club through this uh, this pandemic.
1: They certainly are. They're doing a tremendous job. They, they really are. And you know the relationship that Ian and uh, the two Ians have, I think you know is, is is fantastic. They both buzz off each other, don't they? And they work really hard and really well together. Paul King as well. He's He's at the top there pulling the, the strings as well, isn't he? So everybody mucks in, and, and they all seem very down to earth. Every time you, you speak to the, the, the people at Salford, the, all the staff, they all seem to be pushing in the same direction. The, the, there doesn't seem to be any egos at Salford, not anymore, anyway. And um, you know, I've got a lot of time for those guys, and they're, they're doing a tremendous job.
0: Yeah, obviously, Ian sort of talked about um, when he went to Australia and, and the scouting. Uh, trip he went on and building up partnerships with 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 clubs over there talked about ipswich jets talked about meeting agents and and sort of building relationships them and i think it's kind of important uh that that we we you know we did that and, and it, it puts our sort of name out into that australian sort of uh market um and he's you know he's, he's, a, he's a good bloke and he you know he, he'll he'll put the message across to these people who have have good players on the books to you know come to Salford and and and, and give your client an opportunity to to play at the highest level and you know um, I'm sure I'm going spending whatever it was two weeks or whatever in, in Australia uh, you know will benefit from that uh, you know in in you know the weeks months and years to come
1: yeah and sometimes i don't really know how the australian sort of players coaches and supporters feel about our game i'm pretty sure they take an interest in it um, they watch the challenge cup and they will watch the games on the television the super league i think it's fox sports they have over there and um, yeah, what do they think of think of Salford? I mean, they must have seen the good rugby we played last season. They'll have seen us in the grand final as well, won't they? So I think our stock has risen. You know, in that in that sort of part of the world over the last twelve months, and there'll be players over there that probably think, yeah, I've got an opportunity if I go to England to play for South. And like you say, we're a we're a club that gives people opportunities and, and, and chances. But you know, you never know. We might get somebody who's already a proven player. That that'd be nice to see if somebody did come over and they wanted to play for Ian. You know, because the reputation he's got. So you know, it's exciting time. I think Bleach has done a good job going going down under there, and oh, let's hope our name's growing.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, they also talked about Club Thirteen and and how you know businesses uh, are sort of in, uh, sort of becoming connected through that, and it's only going to help the clubs sort of in the in the business world. And you know, it seems like both sort of on and off the field, the club, the club are, you know, are, are really going for it. I mean, on the moment, they've got sort of good connections with with everybody, uh, and it's having that in the club and having that outside the club only helps kind of build that sort of community. Uh, spirit, which which is what the the club want. They want to be sort of seen as as the community club, and and everyone you know as as a kind of like a connection to it. Both you know as as people and as businesses, um, to make uh, the community and the club the best it can be.
1: Well, do you know what? Over the last three or four months, I think there's been a lot of positive news coming out of Southend Rugby League Club. I mean, I, I've read stuff from other clubs in, in the newspapers and, and various chairmen and, and states, you know, people who spokesman, spokesmen the word I'm looking for from other clubs and there's been a lot of negativity, you know, people moaning about this, moaning about the other. We know what's going on outside, there. it's tough for everybody but our club, I think we've been very positive about things and we've kept our head down, we've we've not gone out there and, and shouted our mouth about who we sign and we've done, done our signings and our dealings, you know, in a gentlemanly sort of way so... Um, so yeah I think it's been good the the way we've gone about our business and you know the that of, of solved should be proud you know of the, of the club that we've got and I think we have got a lot of good relationships there and you know despite everything that's going on in the outside world I think the, the future's future's bright for Salford City club.
0: It's a more kind of professional cleaner sort of approach than what we were sort of used to. Um and it's it's better because obviously when we make headlines we make headlines for the right reasons rather than before when we didn't and that and that was the kind of thing because people kind of got used to the the lainess of it all and and the and the and it didn't it's it's not how sort of the rubber league club should have behaved really. But I think we we do a, a fantastic we we put ourselves out in the right way now doing the right things and that's that's only a good thing.
1: Definitely, mate. I think I think over the last sort of twelve months we've got our club back, haven't we? The way it used to be and the the club that we were brought up on and the club that we're all proud of and you know I I have enjoyed the last sort of 12 18 move supporting Salford again
0: other news um new signing morgan Escalé um Escalay. Has signed 3 year deal fullback um to replace uh, Nia levels um good signing quick straight line runner i think i think he'll do a good job for us
1: yeah, certainly. Will he's a French international as well. But if you look at his sort of playing stats, particularly when he played for Catalan Dragons, very, very good player. Um in a way he reminds me a bit of Niall. He's got a similar sort of running style as him, similar sort of player really. I'm not I'm not a huge es- expert on Morgan because i 'cause I've I've not watched him every week, but when I have seen him I've been very impressed with him and you know you know, going to Wigan from from Catalan, you know, Wigan don't usually sign donkey players they? You know, they must have seen something in him and, and signed him there for Wigan and he did, did a good job at Wigan as well he's done three seasons there he's a bit of a goal kicker as well for, for Wigan so uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the side as you said there he's, he's pretty quick he's quite an elusive runner as well light on his feet and uh, he's not the biggest guy in the world but I'm really excited to see him play. Uh, when he went to Wakefield, I think it was 2019 on loan there. He, you know the people there sung sung uh, high praise of him as well. And I think he's found it tough to get back into the to the Wigan side, particularly with uh, Sam Tompkins going back there as well. So uh, no, I think he's going to be an excellent player for us. And like you said, it, it needed somebody special to come in and, and replace Niall. Niall's massive boots to fill really, and we're going to miss him. He's a terrific player. Uh, but Morgan Escudé, you no, know, he's a different player. He's not Nile level He's a different player, but he's going to give us another dimension. And I think Watto's definitely done his own work on him, and uh, I'm very excited to see Morgan, you know, play for Sol whether it be this season or, or next season or whenever he starts for us.
0: Yeah, Ian Watson does sort of did talk about how you know he suits our style, uh, the way he, the way he plays, and you know Nile level has been a fantastic servant for us. Um, but you, obviously this guy comes in slightly smaller. He's smaller than Evels and he, and he weighs less. Um, but it, it's kind of like for for me, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on on the Salford fullback because I, I think with Niall Levels is is that consistent is that when he when he you're more shocked when he drops a bomb rather than when he when they kick it is he going to catch it because he catches them all. And it, it'll be interesting to see if Morgan can be as good in that department as as Niall did.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident he can, Rob. I am. He's, he's an experienced player. You know, he's been capped by France. You know, a dozen dozen or so times, and I, I'm expecting him to be a really exciting player for us. I, I really am. And like you said, Watto knows what he wants from him. He knows he's going to fit into our game game plan, and I'm sure he's going to slot in nicely into the moves and you know link up with the backs as well. He, he's an exciting, flamboyant sort of player and, and that's, the, that's the sort of guy Wattle's going for now you know we've got some if you look at the, the rumours that are floating around about players we're after for next season um, I know we don't really do rumours on here but you know we're looking at quite a bit of pace in our back line with the players we've got now so um, you know he's building an exciting, an exciting team there Wattle on the quiet I and mean, like you said Evels is he's a massive loss because he's banging on the door of being you know an international fullback back for, for, for England or Great Britain or whatever he's, he's, he's right up there and it'd be disappointing that if he goes to Castleford and then gets the international honours and that would be a shame but, you know, obviously it's great for Niall but it's a shame for Salford but you know, players move on like we said before and, you know, Morgan is going to be the the new full-back for us, we would have thought and uh, no, I think he'll do a good job
0: Uh, so yeah, it's good luck to Morgan. I'm sure he'll be delivering uh some fantastic performances in a, in a red shirt um when he starts. Um, other other news, Paul. Fixtures came out uh, today. Um, exciting. Obviously, not being a uh, miss kind not of not sort of going to games. It's been kind of a void in your life that that you know it, you know you miss you miss it, don't you? When when you're not there. Yeah,
1: I've, to be honest, the last few months I've not really thought about much. I've I said to you, I've I've kept um kept going with me, me old, watching me old videos and, and matches and you know, reading stuff, working on my book and things like that. So I've not really, I have missed it. I've missed like seeing you guys and my mates and you know going with my family and all that sort of side of things and the excitement of doing the interviews and all the all the other great stuff that we get to do after the game and before the game. I've missed all that and. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be great to, to, to see the, the competition return again because it, it, it's strange because we played like six or seven games and then it's like the competition was put on hold, wasn't it? So you, you don't know really where you're up to, especially us after that great win we had against Wigan. We You know, we, we could have built on that then and, and really gone on some big mad runs. So, yeah, it, it'd be nice for it to, to kick off again. I, I don't really know what to expect. It's like we said about the Challenge Cup. You just touched on it before. You know, we, we've got St. Helens in the draw and I know they've not produced a date for that yet, but that's another one that's going to be a bit worrying because you've got championship teams that are still in the, the Cup and nobody knows what's going to happen with their competition yet. So that's a, a bit of a puzzler. But no, it would be great to see the Super League back. I've enjoyed the NRL when that's been on. There have been some terrific games in there and I'm sure the Super League is going to be just as good.
0: Yeah, looking at the fixtures, um, we play Hull FC, then Catalan, then Leeds, then Castleford, then Toronto, Hull FC again. Warrington, Huddersfield, Hull KR, Wigan, Saints, Warrington, Wakefield, Castleford, and then Hull KR. Kind of looking at the fixtures though, sort of Paul. Towards the back end, sort of October and November, we look we could look to be playing like sort of twice a week, um, which might be a problem because obviously you know rugby league is a you know very physical game. And and these players having to serve up sort of two eighty minute games in in a week might take a like out lot of them. Uh, I couldn't understand why they've done it because obviously in October you might be looking at people in stadiums, so you've got the extra extra sort of money floating about. Uh, but I think on the on the field, it's going to the players are going to feel the burn there.
1: Yeah, I think so. Especially without you know trying to sound too downbeat. With our squad as well, the size of our squad, you know, we we've not got the luxuries that sort of Wigan, Saint Helens, Warrington, maybe even Leeds have got, where you've he, got really big squads. Uh, we haven't, so that's going to be a, a real test for us. And you know, other clubs as well. You know, look at Toronto. I don't think they've got a massive squad, have they? They've got problems as well. like a Wakefield, and um, you know, I don't know how big their squad is. So yeah, it's going to be tough. It really is going to be tough. And. You know it's unprecedented, really, isn't it? You know, for the last, well, in the summer era, anyway. You know, midweek fixtures, and that we've we've never really had. We might have had one or two where games have been postponed or whatever. We played a midweek game, but you have not played two games a week for a long time now, have we? So, it, it will that 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 will be, will be tough. And also, you've got the weather to factor in. What's it going to be like in November? I mean, you're going back to the days of winter rugby, I suppose. There aren't right? so, uh, unless it stays nice and mild, we'll have to wait and see. But. Uh, but no, it's going to be it's going to, it's going to be interesting. It really is going to be interesting and exciting.
0: I think they're hoping it stays mild, uh, with everything going on. Um, I it think, usually does in November, though, doesn't it? The three stages. Like... Three stages have been picked because uh, they're all being played at neutral neutral grounds, aren't they? It's yeah. Headingley, Leeds, Settle, and uh, Warrington. Um, do you think? Do you think that not sort of playing at a neutral venue for us does that really affect us? Do you think?
1: Um. I don't know really I think I mean I've, I've not really watched a lot of football recently but I, the, the odd bits I've seen with it being empty stadiums and things like that it, they don't seem like there's, an, there's no atmosphere anyway is there so it, 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 is it like an away game for the away team because they've not got the, that sort of home support shouting the home team or have you making it sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for making it you know, difficult for you and, and partisan if you if you like so. So I don't know. if will it be like playing the Magic Weekend? You know, playing it like neutral venues. I I don't know. I mean, I hope we don't have to play loads of games at Edinley because we never seem to win there. We are or say is ground, but uh, but no, I think it'll be strange. But like I said, we we're hoping it's not going to be for for long, and maybe till till like you said, uh, the first month or two of the season, and then we might be back at the AJ Bell playing in front of you know small crowds. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: Just trying to just googling to see about the size of the field. Here we are. Leeds stadium is 115 yards by 74 yards by 105. So is that is that big or small, do you think, for a standard size pitch?
1: Lee I'd say Leeds is quite a big pitch, isn't it? Leeds Google what size Castleford's pitch is, I think that's one of the shortest in the league, isn't it? Uh, let's have a look. Do um
0: Halliwell Jones. I suppose when they're doing it, they'd have to, um, you know, the, will the pitches be all similar kind of, uh, you know, like sizes? Because obviously all the pitches are sort of different sizes, aren't they? So maybe these three are kind of similar in uh, in, in sizes. Warrington's is 120 yards by 74 yards.
1: That's similar,
0: so I suppose they're around about the same, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think most of the modern stadiums are, aren't they?
0: Mm, yeah, that might be why they picked them, just because they're all similar sizes, so that you don't get any kind of, you know, um, advantage, in a way.
1: Yeah, they could have picked Castle and Wakefield, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: let's have a look. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. Obviously, the season back, we're all very excited about that. Um, Other bits in you, well, start us talk about Toronto first. Because uh, that might put a spanner in the works if if Toronto can't complete the season, Paul.
1: Well, yeah, it, it will do, really, won't it? I mean, I, I can't see there being relegation this season because it looks like the Championship's not going to start. I don't know how how they're progressing with their talks and things. So, um, yeah, with the visas and things like that, it, it's, it's no fault of their own, is it, or what's gone on? So... Uh, We'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens there with that. And like I said before, I was talking about squads. I don't think their squad's that enormous, is it? Um, and they've, and they've got rid of a couple of players as well over the last few few weeks. You know, we've we've signed Andy Akers, haven't we? Um, is that for the We signed Andy Akers for this season.
0: Uh yeah. straight away, I think.
1: Straight away, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not I'm like a massive expert of what's been going on at Toronto. I must admit, I mean, you know, I, I apologize. I've, I've not really been in the loop with what's been going on there uh, at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a worry for them. I, I just hope that if they are going to stay in, in Canada and things do work out for them, what you don't want them to do is you know be a one season wonder, a bit like you know I know Paris did two seasons, didn't they? And Gates said, you don't want them to be to end up like that. Because I think with Catalan it was a bit of a struggle at first, wasn't it? They they struggled to get off the ground and and they, they finished bottom a couple of times, didn't they? Or at least once. And but the rugby league super league kept faith with them and, and uh, you know look at them now they get a full house every week nearly near enough and and they, they're a good side as well, aren't they? So uh, so we'll have to watch the space on on Toronto. I'm not sure how it's going to pan out.
0: I think the, the problem is well I think the problem is it kind of it show it kind of shows a light it shines a light on how Toronto make this make it work for them the way, you know, the visas. And it says basically they, they have like a six months sort of stay uh, where, you know, they can play. um. but obviously because of the coronavirus, uh, the season's gone on longer. So then obviously their visas all run out before, before the season ends, which might be a problem for them. But I suppose looking, looking at it, it's, if we need, we need expansion, um, and we'll wonder if the RFL and the, the the government can get together and say, look, just extend the visas till the season ends so we can complete the season. Because the government gave the RFL a, a loan, didn't they? To, you know, yeah. to tie them over. So they might say, well, if you can, loan them. If it, you know, extend the visas till the season finishes and then we'll we'll start again. Not saying that will, that's what will happen, but it's in the government's interest to to uh to you know make sure they get as much as they can for the the money they, that they're given.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. In a way, it's a, it's a shame on Toronto, really, isn't it? Because so out of their hands, no one was expecting this, wasn't it? What what's gone on? So um, so no, you know, I'm not one of these people who. Sort of bangs the drum and says, "Oh, I hate Toronto and all that. We should have invested the money over it, It is what it is. I'm not bothered who's all play. You know, whoever's in that league, you just get on with it, don't you, and play them. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And you know, you don't want any side to not finish the season. Do you? you want them all to finish the season and and um, yeah, and get through it, don't you? So let, let's hope they can. Yeah.
0: Other other bits of news. Um, talking about the Dual Development Academy players, uh, they had eight awards. Uh, well, they they were, they were um, announced their end-of-season award winners, uh, Paul. Uh, the winners were Lewis Roberts. He won Player of the Season. Harvey Humes uh, won Player's Player of the Season. Uh, Sam Ayres. He won Coaches Player of the Season. Uh, Connor Aspie won Try of the Season. And Clifford Howard won. Won the most improved player of the season, so congratulations to all them sort of lads who have put a massive effort in this season uh, and come away with the with the awards.
1: Some good players there, yeah. I mean, we've seen Connor Aspie and Young Lewis as well, uh, Lewis Roberts as well. The excellent players, and um, the the other lad there, at the end Clifford Howard. He say he's got the coolest name in the in, in the young side there, yeah they're doing a great job they've been I mean, i've seen some of the highlights of some of the tries and that. Yeah, it's been it's been great to see them. and let's hope they uh, they progress now and, and get that chance you know at, at playing top flight rugby league and you know let's see what we can do with this you know going forward with the youth system at Salford and getting things in place for these guys you know because uh, it has it has been good watching them progress and uh, you know the coaches sat there doing a tremendous job of and, it, you know, it really would be good to, to see them. And I know quite a few of those lads have played in the reserves, haven't you, in the, the early stage of this season and, and been involved with that. So let's just hope uh, we keep them at the for now and, and really develop and nurture them.
0: And you never know, one of these uh, sort of five lads could be, you know, the, the next star.
1: Well, that, that's that, that's um, the dream, Rob. You know, that really is the dream. You want to find your next sort of higher levels, don't you? Or your, your next well so we have come through you know like said you know John Turner Stefan Matchard people like that you know we've obviously gone on to, to better things but all these players have come through at, at Solford haven't they and, and got the chance there so yeah we, it'd be great to find the next Nile. you know get 10 9 or 10 years out of him um, so that that is the coach's dream and the club's dream is it and you know if you've got these building blocks in place you've got every chance
0: yep um, so that's the end of this week's podcast Paul good to get uh, back, in the, back in the old groove
1: yeah, yeah. If you feel a bit rusty at the start, do you? when you've not spoken about the belief for ages. I just seem to have been embedded in a world of boilers for the last sort of, well, the last few weeks anyway, uh, driving me daft. I'm looking forward to a nice long week, and I've got an holiday next week on Monday, so I've got a Saturday, Sunday off work, and I'm going to switch off completely and not think about gas and just think about other things. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Brian Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITDSrd, And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.